there's a couple of things, but I would just, I would say, why are you trying to numb yourself? Is it, do you like yourself better when you're, you're under the influence? Problem. Are, are you able to relax more when you're under the influence? Problem. Because you're, you're taken away from the fact that there's a, there's, there's a better solution to all of this. Podcast guest today, the one and only Chad, one of my favorite guests. I'm so I'm getting so giddy when you come. It's exciting to be here. You've switched some things up. I have sitting on this side now. Yeah, I'm. I I, I still recognize you. It's mostly by your voice, though. I, I'm not used to seeing this side of you. Yeah, I I uh, because of the second camera. I'm just trying to make adjustments. You asked me earlier why I make adjustments, and I said usually it's because of a problem. Most of the things in my life are innovated from problems. You're a visionary. There's, yeah, you're, you're always getting better, which is cool. <laughs> Good. I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. And, and you are, uh, the reason I love you as a guest is because, first of all, you're just, you're just a good human being. Just a good dude. And if I had something going on in my life, a question, I'm so glad that I have you in my life to bounce that off of. If I said, hey, Chad, I got to talk about something. Could we meet for coffee? You'd be like, how's three o'clock? Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's such a benefit to have that, that kind of person on this podcast where we can go through these questions and walk through it as if, as if we're living it with them. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're doing. And if anyone wants to email, you could email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. That's where I'm getting these questions from. And... You're, you've been on here so much that I actually have a lot of questions that are for you. Okay. That are for Chad specifically, and that's in the subject line. And I'm going to I'm gonna try to find, I was going to find like an easy one to get into. Probably this one. First question is, hey, this is John from Illinois. Shout out to Illinois. Granger, what is your favorite thing to hunt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've uh, talked about we that. Have, the we very have. Very first... Yeah. Episode I was a part of. We yeah. talked about and the difference between hunting and shopping you, for right. meat. Like in Texas, we kind of shop for meat around you a deer feeder. Feeder, yeah. yeah. Deer in the blind, yeah. like heater, <laughs> air conditioner in the in the summertime. And I've had people that <laughs> they were less than excited about the way that I described hunting in Texas. They were like, whatever, man. And that they're telling me that it's because I take the easy route and I'm a, a rifle hunter and I need to bow hunt or I need to yeah. whatever else. But I, I mean, I don't totally disagree with them. Chad is a Montana guy. Yeah. Montana hunting is very different than Texas hunting. Um, and they're, it's all hunting. So I understand the joke about shopping and I feel that and I feel the need to to um, make a hunt difficult so that you could feel like you're, you're earning it and you're a reflection of your ancestors and you're, it, it's a, it's a huge challenge. I understand that. Uh, but sometimes you just want to get a dough, right? You just want to fill the freezer. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so I do appreciate that. I think it's interesting here. You can, your, your, your limit or whatever, you can get five yeah. deer and where I've lived before and hunted in Colorado and Montana, it's, it's, you get one, you pay and you get one, yeah. um, because of size difference. But the question is, what's our favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's our favorite, which is in Texas, we need to get whitetail off. Like the reason there's five is because we need to manage yes. the herd because, because as humans, we've also managed to get rid of all the predators. Yeah. You know, there used to be wolves in Texas. Did you know that? No. Wild wolves. If you think about, I always put it in perspective of that movie, Old Yeller. Did you ever uh-huh. see that movie? Yeah. Remember they're the fighting, book, yeah. there's a wolf in the movie that's that's fighting Old Yeller. Travis, a wolf, get your gun. And that, that was, that took place like in the Texas Hill Country. So there used to be wolves in Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana. And those wolves were either killed by local farmers and ranchers and pioneer people, or... They were bred out by coyotes. Coyotes oh, could breed with a wolf. 
And the more that the coyotes do that, obviously, it they just become coyotes. And and so coyotes aren't a predator of deer, or they are. They are, but they'll they'll take they'll take down a fawn. Okay. And they'll actually take a lot of fawns, but we also manage those. The state of Texas will manage coyotes free of charge to ranchers just to help with cattle and goats and sheep and chickens. So the state of Texas will manage that for you. So we also get rid of coyotes, but they're not like a wolf. A wolf would take down a, a doe. A wolf take down a buck and they used to, but because we've eliminated the, those predators, Texas needs hunters to mm-hmm. manage the whitetail herd because if you don't manage it, they'll just, there's not enough food to go around. Yeah. This is not an answer to his question at all. I know, but it's very enlightening. And I think it, you're, you're drawing a, a good point that there are different reasons why we would hunt and maybe have different favorites. So there's mm-hmm. a, what's your favorite thing to hunt and eat, right? There's mm-hmm. the, what do you enjoy the flavor of or like to cook? But then I think there's the, what's kind of on a, your bucket list. Like right. what would you love to say that you've, you've done that kind of hunt. Right. And then there may be just a, man, when it comes down to it, my, I love to okay. hunt this. So it seems like there's multiple favorites. Right. And I can think there's one animal that fills two of those categories for me. And then there's another one that's just that bucket list, like, that would be cool. An right. apex predator. Go first. Okay. So the thing that I have enjoyed hunting the most, and I also enjoy the meat the most of, is the Rocky Mountain elk. Mm-hmm. I think that is just the process of stalking the animal, finding it, you know, chasing it, getting after it, spending hours climbing mountains, traipsing through the forest. It is a, it's a powerful moment when you have downed a bull elk and it's there before you and it's, it's just majestic. It's yeah. huge. It's beautiful. And it's meat is so good and tasty. Um, but my, like, what would I love to hunt someday? It'd be a grizzly bear. Yeah. Cause I think there's the, this element of you're going to die. You could die. It could end me. <laughs> right. It's not just a one way <laughs> street here. It's two ways. And you, yeah, that or a polar bear. Same thing. Those things hunt you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I've been elk hunting, but I've never gotten an elk. It Keep going. Uh, and so, we need to get you up to Montana or Colorado. We'll traipse around for a few days. Yeah. We'll get you. I on. would love to. I have, I've gone mule deer hunting. I have gotten a mule deer. Um, I actually got a mule deer in Mexico, which was amazing. Um, but I haven't, I just don't have a lot of big game experience. Growing up whitetail hunting, I have a lot of great whitetail stories and that's probably my answer to what I, what I enjoy hunting and eating because I've done it so much. And do you both rifle and bow hunt? Yes. Whitetail? Okay. And I have, um, I, I enjoy bird hunting. I enjoy dove hunting. Mm. It's a completely different deal. You know, I love to go out with Lincoln, my son, and he can easily go, and he's been deer hunting with me too, but um, there's a process of, of dove hunting where we could literally go out in the front yard mm you know, in, in September 30th in Texas and, and get a, get a dove. And then you can go right back to the grill and put that dove breast on the grill within 20 minutes of shooting it. Yeah. Which is really cool. I I like to do that with whitetail too. I like to get the, the backstrap and, and eat a piece of it the same day. There's something special about that. That is awesome. Bucket list for me, I would say doll sheep in, Alaska or the Northwest Territory of Canada. That I've had some friends do that, and it's like a nine-day deal. You're probably not going to get one. You're gonna you're gonna walk for fifty miles. You're gonna be more tired than you've ever been. You're, are they like up in high elevation, or are mm-hmm. they okay? Yeah, so you'll see one, and you'll you'll see. And first of all, just to get a legal a legal ram. You, th- that's hard in itself just to find one. And then when you do, you you could hunt it, you could stalk it for three or four days and you're going mountaintop to mountaintop just watching it. And you're like, well, the sun's going down. We need to camp here. He's probably going to be in that same ridge when we wake up. You wake up and there he is. So you move down the valley and you come back up and then he's he's moved on to the next hill. 
And then you realize, well, our airplane pickup, which is how they get you, is in two days, we have to start heading back to the drop site. We're going to let this one go. But it's crazy. I mean, the stress, the, the toll it takes on your body, you're completely dependent on the weather. If it's foggy, you can't do anything but stay right there. If it's raining, you're right there. I'm in. When do, I mean, how many can go on this? Okay, I'll look into it. I'm serious. Talk I would about, totally talk, do yeah. that. Talk about getting close to God. I mean, you are out in the middle of no, absolute nowhere. If this results in an actual hunt, this is the best question we've ever received. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that Thank you, John. Awesome. And his name, by the way, his email is John the Angler. So he okay, must be he's a fisherman. A, yeah. yeah, he's a fisherman. Probably yeah. a fly fisherman. Yeah. Yeah. Let me find one of these that has Chad in it. Here's one right here. Two Granger and Pastor Chad. Hey, my name is Aaron. My wife goes to church every Sunday, but I don't. I used to go to church by myself when I was younger, but I stopped because I felt like I was consistently being judged by my peers. I want to start going with my wife, but I still have that fear. I don't know much about the word, and I want to be a follower of Christ, but I don't know where to begin. Any advice would be appreciated. Thank you all so much. Love you guys. So Aaron, did he say he didn't say where he's from? Um, it's a good question though. Mm -hmm. And I want to address first that he used the word fear. That's mm -hmm. interesting. And I would say as a pastor, Aaron, as much as you might be intimidated or have that fear of, of going back or, or not knowing enough or feeling like you should know more as a pastor, that does not exist in our heart. When, yeah. when we, if, if I were to meet you on a Sunday morning, I would be so floored and excited that you overcame the fear to be there because of what that means for you and for your eternal security that, yeah. that you're, you're taking a step towards the Lord. And that is significant. And that is a, a win in and of itself. And I'll also confess, Aaron, that as a pastor, there are often times where if I'm sitting in the congregation and somebody else is preaching or teaching and they reference a, a verse or a book of the Bible, I sometimes have to look in the table of contents to find it <laughs> in the sense that I don't, I don't automatically know exactly what page and number, but it's okay to not know. Yeah. It's okay to be in a place of still learning and to just embrace that and own that there's still so much to learn when it comes to the scriptures, what they say, uh, what they mean, where to find things. And so don't allow that fear. Just know that you're not alone in it. I think the enemy wins when he gets us to think we're somehow unique and, and weird in our own issues and that no one else can relate or has those issues. But that is absolute. That's a lie. Yeah. So I have a friend that I try to get to go to church with me all the time. I always ask him. And he, he had an interesting thing to say about that. He said, I can't go to church right now because until I know more about the Bible, I feel like it's me walking into the movie theater halfway through the movie. Mm. I'm just going to go to church on any given Sunday and the preacher is talking about something and I don't know the backstory at all. What do you, what do you say to that? Well, I mean, that's the place where we learn the backstory. Like, that's the exact place you ought to go. It's kind of like I talk to people because uh, in in a another life, I am a I coach CrossFit. Yep. And I'll have people say, "I really want to try CrossFit, but I need to get in shape first. I don't feel like I can come Good and, point. and do CrossFit because I'm just not physically there." And and I'm trying to convince them, no, if there is, there is nothing better than CrossFit to help you begin to experience fitness and to get in shape. That's what it's designed to do. Mm. It's not there for the people that are already fit to then go and like hang out and have fun. No, it's designed to develop fitness for people that are not fit. That's a great analogy. So, and you could, you could attest to this, that on Sunday, Aaron, Sunday mornings, Churches will build their service with you in mind. They're going to build their service 
knowing that a certain percentage, oh, probably pretty big, what, 30, 40, 50% they know mm. will, will go on a Sunday as a guest or as a friend or the mother-in-law joins because they were asked to. And, and pastors know that they know that on Sunday mornings, they're going to have to, they're going to have to build their sermon with a component of this is a lot of people's first time to hear this. First time, or it may be the only time in the week that these folks will experience the Bible. Yeah. And so we understand that this is, this is an important opportunity to, you know, get people comfortable with the word, um, exposed to the scriptures, learning the Bible, how to approach the Bible on their own. Like it's a unique spot. The majority of people that are coming, that may be the only time they experience it. So yes, we do have that in mind. And so, like I said, that's the place you should go in order to gain a greater understanding and, and level of comfort. Yeah. Once you get that, then they have small groups and Bible studies during the week that then dig deeper and, and it allows you to get to the next level. But Sundays will always take you back at some point to the basics in, in, in the message. At least it, it's usually built like that. Mm -hmm. So, And there's a podcast that you can listen to, the Take and Read podcast. Yes. When is that coming out? It should. If it's not already ready, it will be ready in the next week from when this podcast when you hear my voice right now okay good 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 like okay then we'll reiterate that again okay so what do you think aaron means by judged by others he says i stopped going because i constantly felt like i was being judged by my peers what do you think he means christians judging him or non-believers, non-churchgoers judging it? Uh, good question. I, I took it to mean that other Christians, other peers within the church were judging him for lifestyle, okay. something like that, and he just he felt like it was a place of judgment. Could go either way, it I could, guess. It could be other people, his friends that aren't churchgoers saying, why do you go to church? I don't know. That's a good point. Man, I, I would just lean in. Aaron, I would lean in to what Chad said about this is the same scenario as you saying, I really want to get in shape, but I don't really want to go to the gym because I'm not in shape. Mm -hmm. And everyone is saying, no, the gym is how you get in shape. Yeah, that's where you go. That's where you go. That's and, and just like the gym, when you go to the gym, you're surrounding yourself with other people that have like-minded goals. They all want, the people at church are going to want to know more about the word and to be stronger followers of Christ. And so you're going to surround yourself just like you would do at the gym with people that are, have the same goal in mind. And just like the gym, you're going to have those guys that are there because they want to show how strong they are. <laughs> totally. And they're flexing yeah. down and they're, they're simply there because they want to display, you know, all of their, their macho, stuff. And I think you're going to find that obviously in, in the church, you're going to find people that really want you to know how much they know and, and just, just let, just roll with it. So he says, I don't even know where to begin. Well, you find a church. Yeah. Where's your wife going? He says his wife is, goes. My wife goes to church every Sunday. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Just I go even, with I her. Right just tag that. along. So, Hey babe, what time are you going? Is it 10? What time do you leave? 940? I'm in. I'm in. Hey, does this look okay? All right, let's let's roll. And then your your level of participation is could be zero. Yeah. Just sit. Sit in the seat. Um, one of our pastors at Celebration, Daniel, he's his story is crazy. His testimony is crazy. His he came from Lansing, Michigan, and he came from a non believing family. And his mother was radically transformed, radically reborn, and started going to church. And his dad, who was um, a drug dealer, thought that she was going to meet another man. So he would follow her and go and hide in the bathroom and wait just to catch her in the act. Because she had to be going to this church thing because there had to be another man she was cheating on him with. So he was going... And hiding in the bathroom. 
and sometimes doing drugs in the bathroom. And one day, after so many times, the gospel penetrated him. It just radically transformed him. And he walks out of the bathroom, tears streaming down his face, walked up to the altar, fell down in front of the pastor, and said, I'm in. He then gave his life to Christ, and he started going to church, and then he became a pastor. And then he radically transformed his family and turned himself into the police and said, well, this is before he became a pastor, turned himself into the police and said, this is what I do. And they said, we'll let you off if you rat out all of your drug dealer buddies. And he said, I can't do that because they'll kill my whole family. So instead, he opted to go to each of them and minister to them the gospel. So he went to each of the drug dealers and ministered, and some of them believed. That's so cool. And transformed. And then that then led to his young kids growing up in the Word. And then now Daniel is a pastor himself. That's awesome. That's the kind of stories that you that are undeniable, Aaron. So just show up. No expectations. Just show up with your wife. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. That's good. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Podcast is brought to you today by Athletic Greens. I love me some Athletic Greens. I've been taking this stuff for, uh, man, probably over a year now since I first started reading it on this podcast. They sent me some. I absolutely loved it. So then I went and got my own subscription, paid my own money to talk about this. Literally paid my own money to then talk about how legit this stuff is. And with so many stressors in life, It's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods. This is where Athletic Greens can help y'all. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It's by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you could add to your health routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. It comes in a, a couple of different little packages that, that that look really cool and you could put it on your shelf and it's like this green powder that probably sounds bad the way I'm describing it but you could this stuff is so good it tastes so good almost like a juice you could literally put it in water and drink just a cup of cup of it in water and that'd be great i put mine in a protein shake i like to use like vanilla whey protein a banana apple and you know whatever i have in the fridge at the time and I throw a couple scoops of athletic greens in there, and it allows me to get my greens, my salad, for the whole day without having to eat a salad or without worrying about, does my body have enough fiber? Does it have enough greens? This is great for my lifestyle. I love it. One tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. This stuff is really good. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, whatever that all that crazy stuff that you could do these days gluten-free i don't do any of that but i still take athletic greens it contains contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste that's what i love about it right now athletic greens is doubling down and supporting your immune system during these fall months they're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash Granger and join a bunch of really smart people. I might be not one of those smart people, but I'm one of the people that takes it. Join us all, health experts, athletes, health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every single day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash Granger and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. You're going to love it. Back to the podcast. Aaron, we were just talking about you, the, the guy that emailed last, and we were talking about what, what it would mean to your wife for you to go with her to church. And, and I'll tell you this too, that statistics will say that if you don't go, 
your kids won't go either. Hmm. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah. It's, it's about the father. The statistics will show that a father that does not go to church, the kids will not go regardless of the mother, yep. whatever that means. Yep. So Chad has a podcast out that's, it's not out now, but it's out by the time you hear this podcast, it should be ready. It should it's called be Take and Read. Take and Read podcast. Spelled out. Yep. And um, it's, it's, it's the next level. If you, if you want to get deeper into the word, it's the next level from this podcast to go to and and just break down the Bible itself. Inspired by, yeah, my time getting to be here with Granger and and inspired by him as he and I had tacos and and explored what, what could it look like for people that wanted to go a little bit deeper yeah. into some of these topics, uh, specifically around the Bible. So yeah. we got after it. And uh, if you tune in, my first guest is a really good guy one of my favorite guests and uh yeah you'll probably really appreciate him if you tune in <laughs> all right i think that might be me it is you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an interesting question i don't think i've seen anything like this this is if, if you have a, a question email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com subject line of this one is homesick it says hey granger thanks for your podcast i've been listening for a while and i really like your advice so i have a question of my own for you I'm 22 years old, recently moved to another state to do a year and a half of voluntary service work. And I felt like this is what God wanted me to do. But the last few weeks, I felt really overwhelming with this new job and everything. And I miss home and my family a lot. I work with one other guy and we do a lot of driving and it could be very lonely. So my question is, how much is homesickness okay and how much... Should I just not let myself think about it? And how can I overcome homesickness and believe in myself that I am enough on my own? Thanks in advance, Andrew. And it's interesting because you you ended it almost like you thought I was going to tell you that you're enough on your own. Like anticipating that that, that I would say, <laughs> yeah. say something like that. Um, but man, homesickness is a real thing. And I feel it. I feel it because I travel for my work. And, and the first thing that comes to my mind, Andrew, is just balance. You, you have to be able to balance your home life with your, with your work life. And some people don't have that kind of luxury, like a deployment soldier mm -hmm. in the army who's out, out for 16 months on deployment, doesn't have that choice. Um, if you do have a choice, then I would, I would lean into that balance as hard as you can and really, really dial in your time that you're present when you are home as, as opposed to going home. And that's the time you get to just lay on the couch and look at your phone. But instead just really, really be as present as you can. I know you're 22. I don't think you're married, which is good. <laughs> that, that, that makes it worse. Homesickness gets a lot worse when you have kids. Yeah. Um, have you ever felt homesick? Yeah, so in in my position uh, at the church, I get to lead out efforts in missions. And so when we think about global or international missions, I'll go and a trip will be 10, 15 days absent, so about a half of a month. And so I've definitely experienced it. And I think there are some things that I've learned about that experience and just being in seasons of life that feel like you're you're in a particular place or time where you can't wait to get past it but it's you're in this and in this is where you are this is where God has you uh and yeah so i think there's some things to think about like i always identify the duration of the trip or the season and if I know there's there's a, a time stop, like I know right. that it's going to end at some point, that's different than if I don't know when it's going to end. Totally. And it sounds like he does. He, he has a, a dedicated time. He said a year and a half, he's doing this volunteer service. He's working, he's doing this particular thing, and there's an end date. So there's something to that that I think is helpful. And the next question we would naturally ask is, uh, okay, is it worth it? Yeah. 
I don't know if he's required to be on this thing. Um, but you're asking yourself, is, is this worth it? And if it is, then what do I hope to get out of this? Like, what's the value? What's the worth of this? Um, and how might I get the most out of this experience? So, so, I mean, like so many of the questions that you get, it's like, I have more questions for this individual. Like, okay, what is this? Why did you decide to do it? Uh, in your decision to do it, have you started to second guess that decision? Is it what you thought it was going to be? Is there more that this could do in your life than you anticipated? Are there ways in which pining for home right now in this homesickness is diminishing the value of what you could get out of this time? And so like, I just have more questions than I have answers, I think. So we'll just treat it like this is just a, he's out on work and he has to do it and he, he's, he's stuck to it. So Andrew, I'll walk through a couple things that I do in my life when I experience homesickness. One thing is FaceTime. FaceTime is amazing. Mm. FaceTime is something that we didn't have six, seven, eight, ten years ago where you could say to your mom, say you're thinking about your mom. I'm just throwing that out there. I say, hey, mom, could I I FaceTime you at 10 a.m. every day for a couple minutes? That would make me feel good. And this buddy that you're driving with, tell him that. Say, man, I'm, I know it sounds weird, but I'm a little, I get a little homesick. And he might look at you and go, me too. He'd be weird if he didn't, hmm. if you guys are on the same mission together. Something, here's a couple other things that are important to me. Maintaining a schedule is important. A routine is important. Even when you're gone, maintaining, even if it's broken, just knowing your schedule, knowing that I'm going to eat at this time. I'm going to go to sleep at this time. I wake up at this time. We're going to drive this many miles today. The unknown makes homesickness worse. And so it's it's like, I don't know how, how much farther we're going to drive. I don't know how much sleep I'm going to get tonight. I don't know if I'm going to, what, where I'm going to eat lunch. Not knowing those things adds to the anxiety of it. So then along the same lines, if you could add a, a gym stop or some kind of exercise into your daily routine, it, it will drastically help you. It Man, it helps me. I work out every morning on the road. We either find a gym or we'll work out outside or we'll do some kind of cardio outside, but some kind of physical activity every morning, every single morning, I'll do that. And if I'm feeling a little grumpy or a little homesick, 45 minutes of getting the blood flowing and I feel great. I feel great. And then along the same, those same lines, trying to eat healthy. Mm. Because you have a tendency to get homesick or depressed and eat junk. Because it's convenient. Maybe it's yes, comfort food. It's comfort, yeah. Gas stations. And that's you... on the road. You're stopping. I'm just going to grab these Doritos and a Snickers bar and a Coke. I just don't feel like, I don't feel like eating anything mm. other than this. And it's, and it's just a never-ending cycle because then you feel worse and you crash because of that sugar. And it, and it just perpetuates the problem. So FaceTime your mama. At a certain time, that helps. Instead of just sporadically, just say, hey, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Knowing your schedule of your day. Hmm. When you go to bed, know your schedule tomorrow. What do I have tomorrow? Okay, tomorrow we drive 300 miles. I have two stops. I'm going to eat in this town, and I already looked it up, and there's a diner. I'm going to eat there. We're going to do that 1230. Then I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to try to do as healthy as I can. And it's going to be in this town. And then I'm going to be in bed by 10 and then lights out at 1030. Cool. And then there's this, there's a, there's a comfort that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Like I know what I'm doing tomorrow and just stick to those kind of things. And then I think to, to Chad's point, count down the days. I've got seven more days, six more days. And then, you know, I, I keep a weather app on my phone, my mm-hmm. iPhone, I'll keep the weather in all the cities that we're going to. And every time we get to a city, I delete it off the weather app. Hmm. So that's kind of a way to count down. I could scroll through the city, the checklist. So, um, Andrew, what your feelings real. I'm going to, you, I think you might've wanted me to say, get over it. Stop thinking about it. You're fine on your own. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it's a real thing because as humans, we're built for community we're built to for family and to be together and to be on a routine. We're not built to separate and go. We can, and we're good at it, and we should. You need to, to grow in life. 
but you need to understand it when you don't feel comfortable hmm. why and where that's coming from. Yeah, buddy. Good question, man. That was good. What, what where should we go now? What but are our budgeting. How about yeah, budgeting? That, that's that's a, great. another yeah. off the wall. It says, hey, Granger and guest, my name is Kaylee. I'm 26 years old from Magnolia, Texas. I'm a Texas A&M class of 2017. And I love- Aren't you supposed to say something after that? Whoop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew you guys yeah. make noises. I've gotten my parents hooked on the Smiths, and so now we watch together. Thank you, Kaylee. That's awesome. She also listens to the podcast every Monday morning at her desk while she's prepping for the week. My question is about budgeting. I moved back in with my parents in May to save up for a house. I've been doing pretty well saving so far, but I feel like I could really maximize my savings by creating a solid budget. Do you and your guests have any strategies for budgeting, programs to use, or apps? Thanks so much, Kaylee. Yes. What you got? Uh, within the first couple months of marriage, we did the whole financial peace thing, and yep. we saw budgeting transform just the, our peace of mind as well as the actual amount of money we were able to save to have a plan for the money before it arrived and telling it where to go rather than wondering where it went yeah. was huge for us. Um, and, and when we are, when we stick to the budget, we definitely experience more joy and success in saving and getting to prioritize money where we want it to go. So yes, um, we've used things from an envelope system to a simple spreadsheet to mint to simplify or there's all kinds of programs, free apps where you can link to your bank account. And as you spend money, you can go through and assign this is, it was for clothing, it was for food and it can track all that. So you can just Every week, every day, every month, you can see if you're sticking within those categories you've preset. But I 100% think it's a good idea. So you're talking about Dave Ramsey? Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's the same place I would go, Kaylee, is um, Dave Ramsey, probably .com. I don't know. Dave, financialpeace.com, something like that. Just just Google Dave, Dave Ramsey. And he is really the go-to for, for your question and you might have already heard of him or from him, but um, he, he, he has a, a massive platform, many books, and, and very detailed step-by-step -step process that Chad's talking about. Amber and I did the same thing. Um, it's called Baby Steps or something at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, there's Baby Steps and Emergency Fund, and you yeah. kind of accumulate. There's things that you kind of prioritize and do in a certain order that then it helps you build um, and protect your your budget yeah. and your wealth. And the good news is you're 26 and you're single and you're already thinking about this Yeah, that's as good. opposed to 45 and you're in tremendous debt and you you're in trouble. You know, a lot of people go there from that too. So it's great that you're starting from scratch. Um, maybe you have some school debt, maybe you have car debt. I don't know, but Dave Ramsey, no matter what stage you're in, these baby steps at the beginning will just go, okay, here's, here's the deal. We're going to start with the highest interest credit card mm -hmm. and we're going to attack it and we're going to pay the minimum on the lowest interest credit card. What does he call it? Like the snowball? No, the. It's the, been a while since I've seen it. Oh, he calls it going gazelle intense. Okay. Yes. I think that's the phrase. Okay, yeah. And you, you are able to identify your priorities and so you attack debt and you say no to other things, and for a, a period of time, you're just just going after that thing and paying it off, and you're going gazelle intense, saying no to some of the frills of life for a little while. And I think he says, what's his phrase? Live like no one else now, so you can live like no one else later. Yeah. Or something. That's awesome. All of these things are copyrighted, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, sorry, Dave. I take no credit. He he um he has so many YouTube videos and probably podcasts. And so, yeah, I would lean, lean, lean in to, to Dave Ramsey. And don't worry about what I say because he's the authority. And Chad and I have both done it. So yeah, very fruitful. Um, yeah, good for you for thinking about that, Kaylee. Um, let's see. So many, so many questions. So many questions. How about struggle with marijuana? That it's was okay. the next one on the queue. Hey, Granger, my name is Blake. 
I'm 24 years old, currently living in Reno, Nevada. Turned 21 a few years back. And about the same time, I started smoking marijuana. Now, a little backstory. Growing up, I was deeply involved in church in Las Vegas, and I was on fire for Jesus. Once I moved to Reno for college, I got involved with the fraternity. And to be honest, it really helped me find who I was and some great lifelong friendships. I found myself distant from Christ as I wasn't attending church. And I was in a relationship that was not supportive of my faith. Around my 21st birthday, I started smoking, and I've been pretty much doing it every day since. It has helped me with insomnia, depression, and some medical issues I have. I have discussed it with my doctors. In the last six months or so, I started attending a church regularly, and I'm even in a small group that meets with people around my age once a week. My issue is that I've come to is I'm trying to stop smoking and and even what the Bible says about weed and addiction. So my question is, what does the Bible say about weed? And do you have any advice on ways to stop smoking? Hope to catch a concert when you're in Reno. Yee yee Blake. Okay. Um, a, a lot, a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. Um, so we didn't, we didn't first say, me, not Chad, he's a pastor. He can't say this, that, that there are, there are good reasons for marijuana. There's medical reasons. Um, for instance, if it's a crazy opioid from your doctor or your doctor wants to give you some kind of edible and it's doctor approved, then okay, I I can understand it. So you need to ask yourself because you, you identified a bunch of problems that you're using it for. You need to really dial in. Why are you using Mm -hmm. it? Because I don't think it's any of those reasons. Right. Why are you using, and then why do you want to stop? Because you're right. not convinced the Bible says to stop. You're asking, does it? It's interesting because the Bible says that the heart, that me, the law will be written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so our hearts know the law and will speak it to us. It's actually, it's a big testimony to the truth of the Bible because from an atheistic perspective, we all as image bearers of God, have this law written on our hearts that speaks to us. Mm-hmm. That's hard to explain where that would have come from. We know right from wrong, and we know different scenarios. We know that this smoking thing is probably not right, and I should probably quit. But then, you know, we could justify it by insomnia, depression, medical issues, doctor approved, but we know that's not mm-hmm. why he's emailing this podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, peop, other people describe it, your moral compass, that there's something yeah. that we have that says that I ought to do this and I, I probably shouldn't do that, or we feel bad when we do something. But um, back, so his question is one of... What does the Bible say about so, weed, and do you have any advice to stop smoking? So two, one's practical, one's more kind of philosophical, theological. Right. Okay. And, and I want to say one more time, if anyone's listening and grandma is in stage three cancer and doctors saying, Hey, some edibles will help you eat. I've heard of these stories, right? This is not what we're talking about. This yeah, is I mean, not it. Right. That we, we can identify whatever, whatever substance it might be. There are, there are ways in which like prescription medication is used to help and assist. And there are ways that it is abused and it's very harmful um, well, you could say the same about alcohol, um, regular yep. tobacco. You could say the same about McDonald's, right? That the, the way that our culture approaches food and processed food and stuff that's just bad for you, um, the way that we use that is, is harmful to our body. So that's a whole nother discussion. And Chad's to, a cancer survivor, by the way. Yes. Uh, and so there's a whole discussion to be had about how does marijuana compare to other substances that people might be addicted to yeah. or that might, might cause harm. And but that, that, that's not this. That's not this discussion. Yeah. I think what he's asking, what does the Bible say about um, whether it's substance or maybe using products or ingesting things, or it could even be in the realm of, you know, the Bible talks about meat sacrifice to idols and refraining from it because it might cause someone to stumble. Even though you're free to partake, there is a reason to abstain from it 
for the sake of another brother or a weaker brother. So yeah. there's a lot of avenues you could take to say it, there's a certainly there's factors in your circumstance that would have to be considered. But in general, there is no passage of the Bible that says marijuana is a sin, but it does speak to the way that we give ourselves to things, the way that we allow substance to influence us. It talks about that, you know, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So there are times in, in seasons where alcohol is is acceptable in the Scriptures, and there's other times where it's like, man, the abuse of that stuff is really unwise and unhealthy. And so just like any of these conversations, a substance that impairs your judgment, yeah. a substance that causes you to not be able to respond to the Spirit or to love others well because you have been impaired— Yep. That's not what that's not God's design for us. Yeah. That's not his best for us. And so we don't have to find a passage that says thou shalt not partake of marijuana mm-hmm. because there's other principles that guide us to understand can I be sensitive to God's leading in my life if I'm impaired? Yeah. Am I in a position where I can fully and freely care for and serve another person or am I limited because I'm impaired? Like, yeah. There are things that we have to consider. Yeah. Is is your motivation behind it because it's changing your mind or your perception or your your it's numbing you mm-hmm. to some other kind of pain that, that's inside? Then you're you're taking away from what Christ can do for you. Mm-hmm. Because he could accomplish all those things. And in order for that to happen, we need to have a clear mind. The Bible's talks so many times about, about the mind, the mind, the mind, the controlling your mind, not your feelings or your, your heart or your gut, but your mind. And so if you're transforming your mind with any kind of substance for any kind of reason, then everything Chad said, then you're, you're, you're hindering yourself from the Spirit speaking to you in that way. So there's a couple of things, but I would just, I would say... Why are you trying to numb yourself? Is it, do you like yourself better when you're, you're under the influence? Problem. Are, are you able to relax more when you're under the influence? Problem. Because you're, you're taken away from the fact that there's a, there's, there's a better solution to all of this. And, and that's why I built this. I wanted to say that. And that's why I built the whole thing up with, if you need to be impaired for a medical reason, that's different. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, you know what, man, I don't really like myself the way I am sober. Yeah, I like myself better when I'm numb to the problems. And then you can't identify what the problems are. And it's this never-ending numbness that you keep searching for. But you're never fixing the problem. You're just bondoing the side of the car without g- getting the new door. Yeah, or, I mean, similar to that, I like myself better, or I just, I like to escape from the world or my problems or my situation, and I just I just want to break from it for just a, a little bit, and then when it wears off, man, you're right back in that spot. Nothing's right changed, and it may even be worse because you've neglected to engage with, in a healthy way, the things in your world, but... Yeah, if it's, I mean, I really like what you said, Granger. If it's this, then that's a problem. If it's this, then it's a problem. I mean, like going right. through the checklist of what's your motivation, and it sounds like he wants to stop, and he wants some practical advice on how to stop. I've I've never had to deal with substance abuse and trying to figure out how to stop. My, my biological father was addicted to substance, and didn't really ever successfully stop. So I don't have good advice for that uh, because that's not something I've experienced or witnessed. Um, Do you have any? I would say first and foremost, get away from the other guys that are doing it. Yeah. So your your community, the people you disassociate with the people you're around and, um, and that you, you are who your five people, your five closest people Mm -hmm. around you are. That's who you are. We could, you could substitute the marijuana for girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I quit this girlfriend? She's not good for me. You could substitute it with almost anything. 
my job, my career. It's not good for me. How do I quit it? I'm making good money. So this, this situation is, it's not just marijuana. Um, so I would first and foremost, get away from these guys that are doing it or just tell them straight up, guys, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from this. So will you please not do it in front of me? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, man. What, what You've changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've changed. Yeah. So cut off your, the, yeah, the, the friendships or the, the place where that is natural and normative. Also cut off access if you can, like how you're getting it. I, yeah. We would say that with, with other avenues of sin or temptation, we would say you need to cut off access. You need to stop uh, hanging around people that are doing it. And the reality is it needs to be, it's, it's likely to be replaced by something else. Yeah. Tell, tell your small group. He's in a small group. Yeah. I would say, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm smoking weed. Hey, it's not that it's, it's, it's not like you're coming out and saying, Hey guys, I'm going to tell you I'm a serial killer. You're going to say I'm smoking weed and they're going to go, how can we help you? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're not too far lost here, man. Bring it up to your small group and say, I'm trying to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like what it's making me become. Can you help me with this? And that's what a small group is for. Yeah. I think you should ask the same question of them. Yeah. You guys have some advice. I need to yes. stop doing this and I need to figure out a better way and get some accountability and some support. And and then we'll say this, to, and then this is the last thing we'll say on this podcast, actually, but um, Chad and I would both agree that this is not a, this is not a judgment thing. And it's important this day and age because everyone's so offended. But leaning into Christ as hard and as fast as you can with all of your burdens and with all of your problems and all your vices and all of your addictions and all of all of your tendencies, take it all to Him. This is Christianity is not about drop it all and then you're worthy to go to church and sit before Christ. Christ says, bring it all to me. Give all of it to me and I will take it. And I will make you clean, leaning into him. It's not about, it's not about how could I work to shave all this off and, be, and to be better for myself. Just go to him. Just go, mm-hmm. God, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm not perfect. I got so many problems, but I'm leaning into you. And you will be amazed at what he can do to you in that aspect. Amen. Thank you, guys. That's all we got today. Always appreciate you, brother. Amen. Take and read podcast. Take and read podcast. Check it out. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.